Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 34 of Revelation chapter 13. And we're going to be reading verses 17 and 18. Revelation 13 verse 17 says, And that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that has understanding count the number of the beast. For it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred three score and six. And I'll stop reading there, and that will bring us to the end of uh, Revelation chapter 13. Now, we were discussing the um, mark of the beast for uh, a little bit, and then we started discussing buying or selling. Um, and we went to Isaiah 55 in our last study. And let me go back there again. In Isaiah 55, it says in verse 1, Ho! Everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. And he that has no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. And again, the Lord is likening himself to a merchant man who merchandises the gospel. And, and yet, although it's the language of a merchant, there is no purchasing with money because God's salvation was by grace through faith of Christ and no work of any kind could be done to earn or obtain or deserve God's salvation in any way. Now we we also read in Revelation chapter 3 in Revelation 3 it says in verse 17 because thou sayest I am rich and increase with goods, and have need of nothing. And knowest not that thou art wretched, and miserable, poor, and poor, and blind, and naked. Here God is speaking to the church of the Laodiceans, and remember each address to the seven churches was addressed to the whole corporate church body over the course of the entire church age. As God says at the end of each one of those seven addresses, as he does here in Revelation 3.22, He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches, speaking to the Laodiceans, or speaking to the Philadelphians, or, or the church at Smyrna. Every time, let them hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. It, it has application to all the corporate body during the church age. And uh, here uh, God is indicating they say they're rich, and we have to keep in mind this isn't uh, physical riches, earthly wealth. This is talking about spiritual riches. When, when a person says that they are saved, when someone professes to be a Christian, they are saying, I am rich and increase with goods and have need of nothing. And yet, if it's not true, 
if their actual spiritual condition is unchanged and they continue to have a heart of stone, a desperately wicked and deceitful heart above all, then the Lord explains, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Spiritually, you're all these things, although you think you're, you're super abundantly rich. And then he says in verse 18, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear and anoint thine eyes with eyesof that thou mayest see I counsel thee to buy of me gold and and white raiment and eyesof uh, the, these items of merchandise. God is the merchant man who buys and sells in the gospel and yet it's all freely done, freely given as far as God is concerned and the true gospel, the Bible is concerned. There is no actual money that changes hands, no earning of the grace of God in any way. And Let's go to one other place in Matthew 25. Matthew 25, we have the parable of the ten virgins. And I'm going to have to read this to establish the context from verse 1. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell, and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgin, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Now, this is a parable that deals with the time of the end and the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, Judgment Day. And God tells us of two groups. Ten virgins overall, five foolish, five wise. And we know from just the biblical language that that means the five wise were saved, the five foolish were unsaved. And they all have lamps. And the Bible, um, in Psalm 119, for instance, says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. So the lamp represents the word of God. They all had Bibles. Now, the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. Oil in the Bible, often represents the Holy Spirit. 
So the wise, because they are wise, and they're wise due to being saved and having the spirit of Christ, who is the essence of wisdom indwelling them, they have oil for their lamp, the word of God. The oil illuminates, they burn the oil, and they can see. And, and that's exactly what the Holy Spirit does in the lives of true believers. He opens our eyes. He enlightens our minds to understand the scripture. And, and so then they all slumbered and slept, which is a reference to the church age. But finally, a cry comes at midnight, which would tie into the great tribulation period the time when God opens up the scriptures to the understanding of his people. Remember Daniel 12, the wise will understand, but none of the wicked, or none of the foolish, we could say, will understand. And and so the cry is made, the bridegroom cometh. May 21, 2011, that cry went forth during the Great Tribulation. And, And what did it mean? The bridegroom comes. Christ is coming as the judge of all the earth. Well, all the virgins arose, trimmed their lamps, and the foolish realize that their lamps are gone out. And so they go to the wise and say, Give us of your oil. Our lamps are gone out. Now, basically, this is a discussion between saved and unsaved, and it involves lighting the lamp to illuminate the word of God. And just just think back of individuals that would say, you're, you're saying Christ is coming on May 21, 2011. Show me from the Bible. Show me. Light my lamp so I can see this too. Show me where it's written. Uh, but the wise answered, because we can't open up anyone's eyes, we can't give anyone the Holy Spirit, And it takes the Holy Spirit to give understanding of the Word of God. So we do all that that a child of God can do. The wise virgins answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. No one can give the Holy Spirit within them to another. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. Now, Here is where we um, have to be careful. Remember in Isaiah 55? Ho ye, everyone that thirsteth, come to the waters, buy and and without money. Who was the merchant man there? Well, that was God himself. In Revelation 3, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire. Who was that merchant man? That was God himself. And the believers are saying, go to them that buy and sell. We would direct people to eternal God. But why does it say them? Because God is a triune God. He's one God, one being, one God. But he reveals himself as three persons. So go to them. Go to the the Lord of the Bible, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and get the Spirit, get the oil from Him, and He's the only one who can who can actually uh, ultimately merchandise in the 
oil of the Holy Spirit. It's only God that can give salvation to the sinner. And so the wise virgins are directing the foolish to God. They go, it says, while they went to buy. Well, where did they go? Since they're foolish virgins, they're, they're not saved. They're going to go to their pastor. They're going to go to their church and, and to other Bible scholars and, and theologians. And they're going to say, what do you think about Christ coming on a certain day and their church and the Bible scholars and theologians and so forth are going to answer with one voice, no man knows a day or hour. No man knows. Uh, don't listen to any of that kind of talk. We we will not know when Christ will return. So while they're busy, involved in buying and selling in the church where where there was no Holy Spirit, God wasn't in the church during the Great Tribulation. He came out, and and therefore there was no oil for these people to light their lamps so that they could see the end time information God was opening up as he unsealed the scriptures uh, in uh, as declared to Daniel in the book of Daniel and and therefore they while they went to buy the bridegroom came and they that were ready the true believers the elect go into the wedding and the door is shut God's people enter into the safe chamber of the wedding. It's not yet time to consummate the marriage, but the Lord brings us into the safe chamber of salvation and shuts the door. He did this on May 21, 2011. Afterward came also the other virgin saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. Now they're going to the right Source. They're going to Christ himself for entry into the kingdom of heaven, but it's too late. It's too late. There, uh, Jesus says, I, I know you not. And uh, we know from other scripture, uh, the statement is made, depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. And, and so, uh, uh, but here again, God is the merchant man. And failure to understand that cost the five foolish virgins entry into the marriage, entry into the kingdom of heaven. All right, let's go back to Revelation 13. And we're going to read verse 18. Revelation 13, verse 18 says, Here is wisdom. Let him that has understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. And his number is six hundred three score and six. Here is wisdom. And uh, why we wonder is God saying this? Uh, he He's basically saying this is an example of wisdom. Um, this is reworded slightly a couple of chapters later in Revelation 17, where it says in verse 9, And here is the mind which has wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sitteth. So here is the mind that has wisdom. And then another parable is given of 
Satan, the beast, with seven heads and ten horns. And you need wisdom to discern what God is saying. How can anybody understand uh, that parable or anything in the Bible without wisdom, without the Spirit of God within? Christ, it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30, is made unto us wisdom. And we need wisdom. We need Him indwelling us. We Then we have the oil to light the lamp. Then we can um, discern time and judgment. Then we can comprehend the things that uh, that God is telling us in in His Word, to the degree that God wants us to understand, He's He's in con- control of everything that uh, His people know about the Bible. But in this statement here is wisdom. God is indicating that we need to approach the Bible a certain way. You you can't come to the Bible. In, in these kinds of verses, and the Bible's full of them, and expect to properly uh, understand what's being said with the wisdom of the world. In 1 Corinthians 2, the Lord contrasts the wisdom of the world with the wisdom of God. And it says in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 5, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. The hidden wisdom, that's what what we we speak that that's the wisdom of God in a mystery and um, a mystery uh, has to do with parables Christ spoke mysteries he he spoke parables and without a parable he did not speak and this is the nature of the whole Bible uh, a parable is that which hides truth and throughout the whole Bible from Genesis through Revelation God has hidden truth. Even in seemingly plain statements, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Does God love everyone in the world? That's how some people understand that. Because it's a mystery. There's a hidden truth. You have to search elsewhere in the Bible. Or in Second Peter uh, 3, in verse 9, the Lord says he is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Very direct, plain statement that uh, ensnares all sorts of people who are taken by um, the way God wrote the Bible. That's a trap. And, and they fell into the trap by thinking it means what it means. Or, or what it apparently means, that God isn't willing that any human being perish, but he is willing that every human being come to repentance. And that is a, a million miles off course, because we have to search the Bible to find other information. 
and and balance it out and compare scripture with scripture and and then God begins to define his terms and we realize he wasn't speaking a lie he he meant exactly what he said there he is not willing that any man should perish that is when we check the rest of the bible any of his elect but that all should come to repentance every single one of his elect will be granted the gift of repentance when the lord saves them and and then that verse now fits and harmonizes with the rest of the bible but you can't use the wisdom of man. The wisdom of the world is, look, I can read. I see what it says. He's not willing that any should perish. Now, why are are you, they would say to the child of God, twisting the scripture and trying to make it say something it doesn't say? You see, there's an inability. There, There is a stubbornness that it, it, it's all a result of the sinful condition of man that clouds the mind that the Holy Spirit needs to be there in order to open the understanding. Otherwise, the understanding will lack. If not on that verse, then certainly on other verses. And and, and so that's what the Lord is saying. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Then it says, uh, in verse 11 of First Corinthians 2. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man, but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Now, it doesn't say the wisdom of the Holy Ghost there, but that's what's implied. We do not speak the words of man's wisdom. And that's why um, E-Bible Fellowship will not be quoting theologians. We're, we're not going to be quoting reformers. We're not going to be referring to confessions or creeds or or uh, doctrinal statements. Th- that is fine to some degree, as long as those theologians and reformers are correct in whatever they say. But as far as declaring the word of God and teaching the word of God, God says here that uh, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth. So we, we, we cannot go against what God is saying here and attempt to teach people through human reasoning, through the words of other men. And let, let's uh, look at this verse in the light of what Calvin has said. And let's see what Luther said about this passage here. And I, I've been to Bible studies in the past, and that's exactly how they've operated. And the thought is, well, these men were renowned theologians, theologians in their day, and there's safety in that. There's no safety in that. The safety is not in a renowned man, theologian teaching, 
the safety is when the Holy Ghost teaches, as it goes on to say, not in uh, the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. And so here a little, there a little, we, we begin to search the Bible. And and uh, as we do so carefully, making sure our conclusions harmonize, there is that safety. Well, um, th- this is why God is saying in Revelation thirteen eighteen, here is wisdom, not the wisdom of the world, the wisdom of men, but the wisdom of God in a mystery. Here is wisdom. You you need to follow the biblical methodology to understand what I'm going to say to you. And that's why it goes on to say, Let him that has understanding count the number of the beast. And the the number of the beast is said to be 603 score and 6. Well, um, Lord willing, when we get together in our next Bible study, we'll... We'll look at this number that uh, is found in this verse, and and we'll go to the Bible to see what the Bible has to say about it. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.